Welcome to episode 160 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Bilo. Thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, I speak with Paul Cummings, author of It All Matters. And before we get to that, I want to offer just a quick reflection. It is the strangest thing. Ever since Apple announced that they were discontinuing production of the iPod, I have been more attached to my iPod than ever. I've probably listened to it more in the past few weeks than I did in the past couple years. And in particular, I'm catching up on some podcasts, including one of my favorites, On Being. A recent, or at least recent to me, episode that Krista Tippett did with Richard Rohr included the following quote from Joseph Campbell. Campbell said, For the heroes of all time have gone before us. The labyrinth is thoroughly known. We have only to follow the thread of the hero path. There are two truths I know. First, no one else has ever walked in my shoes, and no one but me can walk in them. And second, I'm walking a labyrinth that many others have tread, and they have left a well-worn path. As Campbell says, it's thoroughly known. While my journey is unique, there have been signposts left along the way to give me guidance, if I choose to see them. The signposts usually say, it's worth the risk, or turn here, but you can come back if you want. Sometimes they even say, stop, go back, or proceed with caution, but yes, proceed. They remind me that it's not a straight road from A to Z with fixed check-in points along the way. There are twists, turns, and switchbacks all along the way. Again, if I choose to see the breadcrumbs and signs that others have left for me, I can make my unique journey easier. It's when I let my ego get in the way of that that my vision blurs and I don't pick up on the cues left scattered along the hero path. If you're stuck, and I share this because I've had as much stuckness as the coaching clients that I support, and we all get stuck on occasion. If you're stuck, notice if your ego is blurring your vision. Get yourself grounded back on that thoroughly worn labyrinth and the hero path that is yours to follow. That hero path is your purpose and your reason for getting up in the morning. It could be your work or your business or your family, your friends, or your community. Whatever it is, remember that others have come that way before and that it's good to stay open to their wisdom. And I'm talking to you in your head, Lone Ranger introverts. And I'm talking to me because I can be in my head and very Lone Ranger. We can get so busy doing it ourselves that we don't take time to appreciate that the lessons that others have learned are laid out right in front of us. And those lessons can make our path easier. So take time to notice the breadcrumbs and remember that you're not alone. My guest today has words of wisdom that he's picked up from the breadcrumbs left by those who have come before him, especially his parents. Paul Cummings has been educating business professionals for over 35 years and has developed revolutionary techniques in sales, customer service, and leadership development. Filled with a desire to not only teach, but to also make a lasting difference, Paul is well known for teaching his students and clients with unrivaled zeal and unmatched passion as he enthusiastically lives out his business motto, changing lives through dynamic instruction. 
as a 13-time winner of the Telly Award and five-time winner of the Communicator Award, Paul's ultimate desire is to tangibly and exponentially improve both personal and professional performance. He is the proud father of five adult children who have blessed him with eight wonderful and amazing grandkids. Paul's personal mission is to always leave it better than he found it because he truly understands and firmly believes that it all matters. One quick note, you'll hear Paul say that he spent seven hours in a car with me. Actually, when we recorded this conversation, he'd just returned home to Tennessee after having left Florida in the wake of Hurricane Irma. His seven hours with me was listening to my podcasts, so I'd say that as a guest, he more than did his homework. I'm honored that he took the time to dig into the archives, and by the way, I invite you to do the same. Whether you decide to binge listen like he did or space them out over time, which is probably what I would recommend, there are... 159 episodes to explore. And now on to our conversation. Hi, Paul. Welcome to the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm especially happy that you're here because I know that you have been on the road a lot. So, um, so welcome. Well, thank you, Beth. And I'm um, incredibly excited to be on your show. I have just returned from Australia and uh, wonderful, wonderful speaking tour there. Yeah, awesome. Well, I imagine many things are, but what's making you smile today? Well, I think that old saying, there's no place like home, is making me smile today because I mm. uh, got to <laughs> yeah. spend last night and today with two of my five children, Kobe and Chris, and that certainly always puts a smile on my face. Awesome. Well, I want to dive in by starting out with a question I ask everyone to give us some context for the conversation, and that's about where you fall on the introvert-extrovert spectrum and how that awareness has influenced your path. Well, I, I think I'm the classic uh, ambivert, Beth. I, mm. uh, people that know me best for my work when in person would tell you Paul Cummings is as big an extrovert as you'll ever meet, but the real truth is is that I'm actually um, an introvert when I'm away from my work. And I think the awareness of that has affected me greatly over the last probably 40 years of my life because I spent a tremendous amount of time writing. I journal every single night, two questions. What did I learn today? What did I give today? And I've maintained that habit for mm -hmm. 40 years. Uh, I paint. I'm a very creative person. And I think all of that personal reflection time is where all the energy and passion and intensity actually releases itself in the public side of my life. Yeah. In reading your book and, and you mentioning that you journal, that kind of explains how you were able to capture all of those diverse lessons over such a long period of time. I imagine that was an important part of being able to put that book together. It was. Actually, the, those journals were the, um, the context for everything that's in there because I've I've done that for so long and being able to go back and capture the end of all those days, what they meant, what I learned mm -hmm. uh, was the source of the material. Yeah. At what age did you start journaling? I started journaling when I was 17. My grandfather is uh, George W. Cummings Sr. was my mentor. Mm -hmm. And he told me if your life's worth living, it's worth recording. Mm -hmm. He had journaled <laughs> his entire life. And he told me, if you ask those two questions, what did you learn today and what did you give today? And you can make a positive response to either. Mm -hmm. Then you've made a great exchange rate for, for every day of your life. Awesome. It sounds like you had some wonderful people in your life. I have. 
Well, and there's a quote in the introduction of your book, um, It All Matters, that reads, enthusiasm is an inside game with an outside reflection. And that just leapt off the page to me. I, I loved that. Mm. I'm curious for you, how does your inner enthusiasm typically show up as an outside reflection? Well, yeah, I think that if you look at the word enthusiasm, it comes from the Greek word entheos, and mm-hmm. it means spirit within, God-like. Mm. It, it does not to contradict Mr. Carnegie, but it doesn't mean fake it till you make it. Right. Uh, and I believe that your internal drive, your enthusiasm for what you do, um, is most reflected in you when you're in front of people or when you're interacting with others. And so I believe, you know, answering that one question that's throughout my book, what do you really want from your dash through life when you really figure that out? Mm-hmm. And for me, I wrote a personal mission really early in life to leave it better than I found it. That was truly what has driven me. That one statement, whether it's what I write, whether it's when I'm in a studio recording for e-learning or whether I'm doing um, a show like this, I want to leave it better than I found it. So I think that reflects in everything you do, your eyes, your smile, uh, your voice tone, mm-hmm. uh, the way you listen to other people. And I think enthusiasm is a beautiful thing because it doesn't have to be loud. Right. You know, enthusiasm, you know, you take classic introverts, we can be very passionate, enthusiastic in how we listen. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and how we interact with others and how we clear space for conversations with other people. And so I think enthusiasm is a beautiful trait, uh, especially when it's coming from an authentic source. Yeah, absolutely. And when it's coming from an authentic source, it is going to glow. Yes, it does. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just going to be bigger on its own. You don't have to force it or, or work no. at it. it. It just is. One of my really good friends told me one time, if you set yourself on fire with enthusiasm when the crowd gathers to watch you burn, you can tell them a great story. <laughs> and uh, so I've always believed that you're right. It's a bright light. Yeah. And uh, it certainly is. Uh, it's a magnet. It attracts other people to you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as I as I read your book and, and I thought about where your lessons came from, they're primarily drawn from your experiences as a door-to-door bookman <laughs> in the mid-70s. Yes. And, um, and that's, you know, a theme and, and part of the, the springboard for so many of the things that you share. And it strikes me that that was the training ground for so many people who are sales pros today, except for maybe not even Girl Scout cookies anymore. Right. You know, I don't even, I, I, I'm guessing some Girl Scouts are going door to door, but mostly they're just giving their order forms to their parents and they're taking them to work. Yeah. Um, so we, we don't have that particular grueling training ground. And I will admit, I'm not the entrepreneur that has those stories about going door to door. I'm like, I gave my order form to my parents and they bought the 60 boxes of cookies I needed for a t-shirt. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because my 20-year-old daughter, Kobe, uh-huh. I always accused her of putting 100 pounds on me from all the Girl Scout cookies I actually bought so she didn't have to go door to door. Exactly. So I would totally get along with your daughter. <laughs> Yes, yes, she would. <laughs> well, some of us, you know, either by choice or, you know, not necessarily even having the opportunity, didn't have that particular kind of training ground. So what do you see as our 21st century equivalent to that experience and that experience that might give us the potential to learn those similar, often very hard lessons? Mm. Well, I, I think if you looked at it and we tried to uh, put an analogy around it, you know, every door I knocked on that summer, we knocked on 80 doors a day mm. from 7.45 a.m. till 9.45 at night, Monday through Saturday. 
but you got to remember you're you're in people's neighborhoods where they didn't know you and not yeah. everybody was thrilled that I knocked on their door at 7:45 mm-hmm. a.m. but every door I knocked on was a lesson and every lesson was something to be learned and I've always believed that loss equals lesson if you pay attention mm-hmm. so if you think about today's entrepreneur you think about the social media world we live in today Every time you do a podcast, mm-hmm. it's the same thing as a door. Mm-hmm. You learn every single time, whether you're doing a podcast, whether you're writing a blog. I've recorded over 12,800 e-learning videos in the last 10 years since I launched my e-learning platform. And when I go back, Beth, and look at the original videos, <laughs> I cringe. I'm like, who? why did anybody pay me to watch that? And what it is, is every time you do that, it, so I think that every interaction we have is is another door to be knocked on. And that door contains a lesson, whether it's the way we post something, the language we use, the pictures we use, where do we get our traction, mm-hmm. how are we building our audience? So I think for today, I think it's that, that willingness. Uh, you know, I always love what Thomas Watson from IBM told a young guy, he said, how do you become successful quickly. He said, fail more often rapidly, son. And I think that (laughs) being willing to take Mm -hmm. on adversity and then turn that into challenge is where real opportunity lies. So to me today, it's, it's that trial and error. We have so many avenues today to communicate with people. You know, you can build a global audience today if you have a great story but you're still going to have setbacks and Mm -hmm. you're going to have challenges. And to me, especially to an introvert, you know, those challenges are, I think, give us a competitive advantage because we tend to be deep thinkers. We tend to look inside of information. We tend to ask ourselves questions. So I think the doors we're knocking on today are the posts we're making. I think the personal relationships have never been more important. So you know, what I learned that summer was how to push through struggle. And I learned that the next door might be the best door all day long. Well, I've, mm-hmm. I've learned that through my entire career. You know, I can get 20 no's in a row, but that next call, uh, that next opportunity could be the opportunity. So I think it's better that willingness, knock me down six, get back up seven, but make sure when you get knocked down that you turn the loss into a lesson. And that's how loss never becomes temporary. It actually becomes, instead of a stopping stone, it becomes a stepping stone. Yeah. So I think it's it's just reps over and over and over and over and over, being willing to do the things that some people will not do to continue learning. Yeah. You're reminding me, and I'm guessing us, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that every time we do put something out there, it is like we're knocking on a door. Um, I think is. we forget that because we are invading people's space. And I mean, I don't use the word invading in a, in a negative way, I guess I should say, no, we but are I get interrupting it. people's space, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and especially I think for introverts, you know, we, we feel that and, and then we're sensitive <laughs> to it when we're doing it to others. So to treat that post, that blog, that podcast, that interruption as, as something to remember to do with respect and intention and authenticity and that if someone responds, that's like they're opening the door and saying, yes, you can come in. I trust you. And to treat that, that welcome with openness and gratitude for that happening. Yeah, that, that, that word gratitude is so important. That's one of the great lessons I learned from my mom is that when you op- operate with an attitude of gratitude, 
and you never forget. And I tell people this all the time. You have to remember if someone takes the time to write you back mm-hmm. or to compliment, uh, it's just like I listened, I listened yesterday to your podcast <laughs> and I was so grateful. I mean, I really was because I can tell you are, and that's what comes across with you. And that to me was a really, really wonderful thing just to hear that in your voice mm-hmm. and you're on this mission of self-discovery and discovery with the people you're talking to and being grateful because people do have a choice yeah, they do. of how they spend their time. And so every time I record a video or I write a blog, I remember and try to respect the fact that someone's going to invest their time mm-hmm. with me and I need to honor that for providing great content. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you have provided us with great content in It All Matters, and oh, thank you've you. done that. <laughs> yeah, it's um, there's there's so much um, in there to um, inspire and motivate, and I know you talk about that. And I watched the trailer for the the book as well, which I recommend folks do, and I will mm-hmm. link to that because you talk about oh, uh, your intention for the book, and you use the structure of um, four C's that are and C's as in the letter C for. <laughs> Um, audio here, um, as components to living a life in which it all matters. Would you walk us through a summary of each one of those and what role they play in the bigger picture? Sure. You know, I I think that's when I was writing the book, the the one decision I made when I decided to build this around those four building blocks of confidence, clarity, certainty, and creativity. I, I literally wrote every line in this book and every chapter and every page with an individual in mind, which I would recommend to any author mm. to make your book conversational, to literally be thinking of someone. Mm-hmm. And so the confidence part of it really was in the book because I thought how blessed I was at 18 years old to one have had the mentors I had in my grandfather and, and my mom, those two people especially to teach me that confidence is formed from your left ear to your right ear, (laughs) that it truly is. It it truly is a mindset issue. Um, My grandfather was a very um, uh, studious guy. He was uh, very disciplined and uh, consistent. And he taught me something about mindset. He said it's either progressive or it's regressive. Mm -hmm. And a regressive mind doesn't build a confident person. So being able to to understand that confidence comes from the way you prepare yourself in the four kind of components of your state, which is your mental preparation for your day, your emotional preparation for your day, your physical preparation for your day, and your spiritual preparation, whatever you believe, however you see that place where you go to reflect, mm-hmm. that if you if you looked at life as a dial from zero to 10, and I created a program called the Level 10 Experience around this years ago. It's one of the most profound things I ever learned is that most people go to their grave with their music locked inside and their volume turned down. Mm-hmm. I think so many times introverts do that, yeah. and we shouldn't because we have a really amazing voice. Yeah. But if you, t- if you understand you're the only person controlling the dial, I ask people, why would you choose a life of less capacity when you can turn your dial to 10 and find out where the boundaries of your capacity are. Mm -hmm. So for me, confidence was put in this book for every graduating high school senior that I hope gets their hands on this book to every person who is in their sixties or seventies, who may have stopped believing that they still have things to offer or do. Because if we, if we build self-confidence through affirmations, Mm -hmm. through feeding our mind positive self-talk and really, really listening 
to what we put into our mindset every day, that's where your confidence comes from. Mm-hmm. It's hard to reflect confidence um, if your mind is operating in a negative realm and life's too short for that. So to me, it was important to start with that because I've seen a lot of talented people not be successful because they lack confidence. And I've seen people that had talent uh, and high, high levels of skills, but for some reason, didn't have the mental mindset they needed to be successful. So that's why I started. Uh, clarity is probably the biggest um, section in the book because I have, I learned early on in my life because I, I played every single sport. I was really blessed with great coaches, whether it was basketball, football, or baseball. And the reason I think they were great coaches is they really got me turned on early in my life to goal setting, Mm -hmm. but to truly understand it, that what goals do is give you a sense of purpose. What goals do is kind of shine a pathway for an individual to have to direct themselves. And the biggest thing goals do, and I I tell people, we get so caught up today in this thing about your goals have to be mammoth. They have to be these all encompassing, you know, it's like Miss Universe World Peace Answer, that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. That, that actually that small steps lead to big outcomes and that goals really, um, if they inspire you, then the level of action is bigger. Uh, if you can tie them to your mission, um, then the sense of purpose is deeper. And then you get to exercise the greatest gift we were ever given, and that's the power to choose. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to give people clarity that you can truly define your life, your journey, your outcome, your 86,400 seconds every day if you understand the key steps to setting goals. And uh, as a speaker, I've traveled all over the world, over 4,000 engagements. I can tell you that. I don't think it's what we know that hurts us. I think it's what we know and don't do. Mm-hmm. And I've never met a manager who says goal setting is not important. But then I see company after company where they don't truly teach their people the importance of goals, the, the steps necessary to reach their goals. So this book was important to me because goal-directed people live a different life mm-hmm. than people without goals. And I wanted to make that contribution uh, to the audience in reading is here's a formula that will not fail you because it stood the test of time now for three and a half decades and I know it works and I've seen the results with our clients and it's been inspirational to me to to watch that type of progress. So I believe goals give you clarity and, and isn't it nice if you can carry confidence and clarity into a mission. Mm-hmm. So that's why they were in that order. Certainty to me um and, you know, when you read through the book, you probably noticed, I, I think certainty is intention. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. And if you have a pure spirit of intent and then you look at your life references, the, the both successes, both struggles, uh, the times that went well, the times that didn't, our lifetime references truly prepare us for our tomorrows. And if you continue to practice whatever it is you've chosen to be good at. You know, some of my favorite people I've ever met are not making big money. They're standing in classrooms today teaching our kids, but they prepare and they practice and they contribute and they have a true belief in the mission of teaching. And because of that, they're able to make a contribution. So to me, certainty comes about when you do answer that question, what do you really want? What's the meaning of your life? What do you want to be remembered for? Where do you see your ability to add value, have impact? 
And the more you, you stay in that intention and you pay attention to the references of success you've had, then the more certainty you carry through your journey. So I wanted to give people tools. I wanted to ask them the questions to make them think and to really help them uncover that in the book and creativity is my favorite of all of them. Uh, you know, Beth, if you and I ever got to meet, you would, you would laugh. I, every three years I take on something I can't do. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if I told you Paul Cummings paint and you read my handwriting, you go, <laughs> no way. So, so of course, when I decided six years ago, I am going to become an artist, you know, the, my next question was what needs to happen for you to do that? Well, I quickly decided abstract art because Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, can't draw, but I believe we're one great question away from everything we want in life at all times. And if I could change anything in our school system, it would be to spend the first three years teaching our children to ask better questions. Yes. If I could change anything in a company, it would be to teach executives to ask better questions mm-hmm. because our mind's indiscriminate. If you ask a bad question, it's going to give you negative feedback. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of introverts do that. You know, why am I so quiet? Why am I not more socially interactive? Well, then your mind's going to answer that in a negative way. Mm-hmm. But I tell people, if you question your life up, in a positive way, uh, if you have the courage, just like if a business executive asked me, Paul, can can you help us uh, increase our business by 10%? I'll say yes, and I can help you increase it by 50%. Which answer do you want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the bigger question opens up your vault of creativity. And I think that's what questions are. They're the vault, uh, you know, where that opens that door inside of that vault is all of your creativity. And we have such capacity as human beings to, to do so much. If we had the courage to ask the question, we have the ability to follow the answer. So I wanted to set people free to have that moment of self-discovery and to know they are creative. And uh, I tell people we came here designed for accomplishment. We were equipped for greatness from birth. It's up to us to continue to use those capacities to do good work. Yeah, lovely. I, <laughs> I, I love that you're connecting creativity and curiosity and courage. Mm, that, well, they are the same thing, right? Yeah, right. they are. It's a theme today, Beth. My last name starts with a C. We're on a we're a, we're on a <laughs> <laughs> we're on a roll. <laughs> I'm a huge. <laughs> I know I'm a huge fan of alliteration, so I'm just like oh popping with all the C words you, here. <laughs> yeah, do you do that too? I, I'm, I'm one of the fun. Things I do. I, one of the fun things I do in my workshop is I have people come up and write any word on a board they want to write that has something to do with success, uh-huh. and then I turn it into an acronym and hand it. I write it. I just say it out loud and then hand it back to them. Oh, that's so fun. I'm, I'm kind of a wordsmith guy that I love language, and yeah, fun. I love doing well. that. So. We are kindred spirits in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I knew that yesterday. Beth, I spent the whole day with you. Seriously. That's so awesome. <laughs> I, it was, no, it was awesome. It really was. I mean, you were my traveling companion. You have no idea how my train we drove through <laughs> getting back from Florida. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. Well, I'm glad that you're, I'm glad that it was, a, I hope it was a um, safe drive. It, it, it was. I had to wait till it cleared up, but it, you know, luckily it, the storm turned and missed my home down there. So, you know, all was great. Good. 
I want to ask that now this question is almost the equivalent of perhaps asking about your favorite child oh, no. which, since you have five children I know oh, since no. you have five children that <laughs> I'm not going to ask you that because that might come back to haunt you it would but you have in this book you have 125 life lessons mm. if you had to name one <laughs> that you think introvert entrepreneurs in particular need to hear and take to heart and I'll share what mine is, but it's easier for me because I, you know, those like those aren't all life lessons that I have lived like you have. But right. I'm curious, what would you choose as one wow. that you want them to hear? You had you you had to go there, didn't you, Beth? I did. So here, <laughs> I did. Here here we go. Um, I think it's the lesson around three letters: U B U, especially for the introvert. Hmm. Um, understand who you are. Be true to yourself and stay unique. It's okay for us to be us. And when you understand who you are, I, it, it sets you free to be your best. And I, um, and when you're true to yourself, it takes so much pain out of your life. And when you stay unique and you celebrate your own uniqueness is your greatest opportunity to be a bright light in other people's sometimes dimly lit world. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, my, my, my grandfather teaching me that um, at a fence post at a very young age and really talking to me about understand who you are. Cause I was this big time athlete, but I was the quietest person in preparing that you ever met. But then mm -hmm. on the field, I wasn't quiet at all or on the <laughs> basketball court. I wasn't quiet, Yeah, but it was, it was that moment. So be, being okay, you know, and I, I talk to kids all over the world in inner city schools, and I, I always open, you matter too much to far too many people to not matter enough to yourself to understand who you are, mm -hmm. to be true to that, and to stay unique. So I think that's all authenticity. So for the introverted entrepreneur, that would be the one I would pick. Awesome. Yeah, it seems like that's the greatest gift that you can give the world is the gift of being you yeah. and who you are not trying to be other people. Yeah, I'll tell you just real quick, one funny thing my grandfather said, he said, if you don't make a, a good you, you'll make a lousy someone else. Right. <laughs> so, I love that. Yeah, so love you, know, you would have loved him, Beth. He and you would have been kindred spirits. You, you would have loved this guy. <laughs> he, he was amazing. Well, I'm glad that his spirit lives on through you and through mm -hmm. your, your book. It's it's yeah. pretty amazing. And and I have to share my I hear the one that... Um, that I decided to choose. I mean, there are so many, of course, but I, I decided to go with like what felt right in the moment. And it was Life Lesson 68 that says, everyone is a teacher if you remain self-aware. Mm. To me, that implies, number one, that there is self-awareness to begin with, right? right. Which is so key um, to to us being our unique selves, you yeah. know, which that's that lifelong journey. But um, I think sometimes as, as introverts, you know, depending on, you know, who we have in our lives, we can, you know, sort of keep some people at arm's length we or we might dismiss them out of hat because they're too energetic or too whatever, you, you know, fill in the blank adjective. And I think we miss opportunities if we if we don't get curious, you know, there's the curiosity thing about, Absolutely. you know, what can we learn from this person? And this person is so different from me. What do they have to teach me? And, and that extends not just to people that, 
we see as energetically different from us, but people that have different values, people who have different beliefs, um, mm -hmm. whether it's political, religious, you Absolutely. know, whatever, social, the, everyone has something to teach us. A good friend of mine told me that sometimes the introvert, we're so prejudiced about the way we want to hear things that we sometimes block out people that we could truly learn from. And mm -hmm. I think what you just said was so incredibly um, important that because you were using what I've talked about, you were asking the great questions. What can I learn from this person? Where does their energy come from? Mm -hmm. You know, what did they know or have to share that I don't yet know? So I just thought that was such a great point that you just made. And I do think we close ourselves off sometime from great opportunities to learn from others. Yeah. Yeah. And often the biggest lessons are the ones that come from the people that tick us off. <laughs> oh, and that's the truth. <laughs> you know, or, you know, and, and as a coach, you know, my invitation is always to say, well, what do you have to learn from them? You know, what is it that they might be highlighting in you that you feel like you need a piece of? Um, it doesn't have to end up in the same manifestation. Right. But like, if I get really triggered because somebody's a really super aggressive salesperson, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I could never be like that. That's just terrible. Well, okay, there's something in my emotional reaction that is in that there's information there. And for me to look at it and say, okay, so what what is it that really bothers me? Is it that they are being bold and I am not? Um, you know, that they uh, feel very comfortable putting it out there in this particular way, and I don't, or, right. you know, it just gives you a chance to, to do a little bit of that kind of exploration. It does. Um, and that, of course, that does require that self-awareness, but to not dismiss, you know, anyone, and to remember that you are a teacher for others, whether you know it or not. And, and that's the truth. And, you know, one of the things you said, too, so important there is you've learned to question your emotional state, and because every emotion, when we're when someone puts us off, we feel a sense of uh, uncomfortableness. That emotion actually is mm -hmm. triggering and, and begging you to ask the better question. Because if you question your yeah. emotional state, you get to the source, and that's where the learning is. So um, that, that's just yeah. an incredible, incredible. I'm sure you use that in your coaching sessions with people, and it's a, it's a wonderful tool to get people to open themselves up. It's just fantastic. Yeah, nice. Well, well, thank you for the gift of sharing all of that and stimulating all of that thought, because you're, you're being teacher for us, so thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so you had seven hours in the car with me yesterday, I and did. so you know what's coming next. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's almost as unfair as that life lesson question you asked me too, Beth. I know. It is, isn't it? Are we going it to is. the island? So, you know, we are going to the island now. Yes. And it's in a hurricane-free zone, I promise. Thank you so much. Um, you're welcome. So I've, I've waved a magic wand, and you have three weeks of vacation on Introvert Island and can only take three books with you. What would you take with you and why? I would take uh, The Greatest Salesman in the World by Og Mandino um, because that book, um, I got my hands on it when I was 18 years old, and for 42 years, I've read that book over and over and over and over, um, because the book teaches you that there is a life of abundance that's not necessarily tied to wealth, um, a life of abundance in who you are, uh, in the values you hold dear, in the habits you form, the relationship equity you develop. And it's just such a, an inspiring and encouraging story that I would uh, I would take that book with me for sure. 
I would take, um, gosh, yeah, meditations by uh, Marcus Aurelius, mm -hmm. because I believe that is an amazing book for reflection. I think it um, gives you a lot of life lessons and things. Uh, it makes you think and it makes you ask better questions of yourself. So that would be a book I would want to have with me for those three weeks and The Road Less Traveled by Dr. Pat. Mm. Because of humility and values and the journey and the story and that sense that you're not alone. Because sometimes introverts, we, we tend to think we're the only ones that have experienced what yes. we're experiencing. Yes. And I, I, I'm sure you've been there and, and had that feeling. And so I, I think it would be those three. And you're asking a guy that's got 5,200 books at home in his library. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you really, I was listening to you yesterday going, really, she's going to ask me that. And that is so unfair because I can sit fair. here and name hundreds of books. But you, you asked, so that's what I would take with me on my wonderful three-week vacation. Awesome. Awesome. 5,200 books. My goodness. <laughs> That's amazing. Can I give you a great, can I give you a great quote, Beth? Yes, you can. Another one from my grandfather. He said, Paul, you need to be an alcoholic. I'll never forget this. 16 years old. I said, excuse me? Because mm -hmm. my grandfather didn't drink. He said, you need to drink from good books until you're intoxicated by wisdom. Oh, nice. Right. Nice. And, and that, that, was the first step to this lifelong journey of reading and reading and all five of my kids are have taken that on and it's impacted their lives mm -hmm. and i tell people you know a book's the greatest bargain on earth it's like listening to you yesterday it didn't cost me a thing but i learned so much yeah. and education's the only gift that pays us back for a lifetime you learn it today you use it forever what a great return on your investment yeah i mean even as an author sometimes in it and an avid lover of books i have to stop myself and if i see a book i mean even sometimes there'll be a book that i want that is you know maybe so niche that it's like 50 dollars or something mm. and i'm like 50 dollars for a book you know but then Okay, back up, Beth. You know, <laughs> think of the years, the decades, the the probably you know hundreds right. or thousands of people that have somehow contributed wisdom to be distilled into Absolutely. this volume. And is fifty dollars really like really? You know, that's totally a bargain. <laughs> and right, and if you think of where we'll spend that fifty dollars today right. or twenty dollars today, and and the greatest investment you ever make is in yourself. And yeah. I think sometimes. Uh, we fail to make those internal deposits into our own wisdom bank. Yeah. And yeah. when we get to, especially as teachers and coaches like you are and someone that's actually shaping the world like you are, that every time you have something else that you gain, you have something else you can give. Yes, yes. So I think I'm going to make a vow to myself. I can't put $15 on my Starbucks app unless I'm willing to spend $15 on a book as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. How, you would... Okay, I cannot believe this, Beth. You, I don't know about you, but I'm telling you, somewhere they've got it hidden. But in the star, in the Starbucks uh -huh. home office, there is a statue of me. Really? Because no one puts more on their Starbucks card than I do. <laughs> Earned more stars, and <laughs> I'm a I'm a big I'm a big coffee drinker growing up in Louisiana. So I've, I'm a lover of all things coffee. And see, the sad thing for me is that I don't even drink coffee, but I've been like a no. gold star member for years. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's interesting. Because yeah. I like I like my other, you know, sure. decaffeinated and foo-foo-y, <laughs> yuppie drinks. Gotcha. So. There you go. <laughs>
<laughs> well, Paul, what is the best way for people to connect with you and learn more about It All Matters? Well, the best way would be to go to paulcummings.com. And uh, on our website, there's a button on the top right corner that says It All Matters, and you can click that. And uh, all of our social media connections are also on our website, but I'm easy to find on Facebook or Twitter or uh, LinkedIn. It's just at I am Paul Cummings. And people go, I am Paul Cummings. Well, it all matters. First three letters, <laughs> I-A-M. It all matters, Paul Cummings. Mm-hmm. And so I'm easy to find in, in all those places. And we've got a tour button on there. We're going to be making some stops across the country signing books and awesome. uh, giving presentations about the books. So that's the best way for people to locate us. All right. Well, and selfishly, are you coming to the Pacific Northwest? You know, I'm going to be in California doing a, a show in Irvine. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you that I have a lot of clients um, in Oregon and in Washington. So I'm sure hoping at some point that I am going to find my way into that area. We uh, we have a really, really busy kind of end of the year for us because of the book. And mm-hmm. we're doing a launch over in Europe the first week in November. We're going to be all over uh, the United Kingdom. And then I'm back to Australia, launching in Sydney, Melbourne, Perth, Adelaide, mm-hmm. and uh, Broad Beach. So we're, we're going to be all over the place. But we, we're really excited about the book, Beth. We, we really hope, you know, I, I wrote it because I wanted it to impact people. And that's that's been the big driver, and we're really fortunate. We've got nice clients who've purchased over 10,000 copies to give mm. to high school, graduating high school seniors. Brilliant. Uh, and our sponsor, a high school senior program. So it's it's really been a book about impacting and contributing. Some of these speaking in a lot of schools, um, doing a lot of private events and high school auditoriums uh, the week of the book launch, and we're really excited about that. So nice. hopefully I'll get up to your area because I would love that. Yeah, absolutely. And and there are listeners of this podcast from all over the world. So I hope that everyone, no matter where you are, can go to your website and uh, find out where you might be at a, a school or a bookstore or a gathering near them. Yes. And uh, we'll make sure that we've got links to that in the show notes as well. So um, thank you so much for well, your, you. your generosity, um, for sharing your gift of curiosity and creativity and, and all of that with us today, especially given... Um, your extremely busy schedule. So thank you so much, Paul. I bet. Thank you. I was really looking forward to it. It's been my pleasure. That conversation left me energized and inspired, and I hope it did the same for you. I mentioned in the last episode, um, episode 159, that I was starting a new podcast, tentatively titled Soch 101. It's been a super busy fall, so I'm behind in scheduling the launch, but I still expect to have it ready to go by the new year. The podcast will focus on all things sociology, whether that's looking at the social systems and complexities of politics, religion, race, gender, technology, and culture. I've already done a few interviews, and I'm really, really excited to share them with you. I ask that you please stay tuned, because that will be coming over the next few months. And speaking of that new year, it's not too early to think about your goals for 2018 and how you're going to make it your best year ever. If you're looking for support and accountability and space to process wins, losses, and strategies, consider if coaching might be a good fit for you. I offer a few options to work together, and I have limited space opening up for new clients in January. 
it's easy to schedule time to chat with me. You can do that and you can learn more about coaching with me on my website, theintrovertentrepreneur.com, and you'll find that information under the navigation item, Work With Beth. Thank you so much to Paul Messing, my podcast producer, and to you for spending this time with me. Whether it was just the last 45 minutes or so, or maybe you are listening to this as part of a binge listen, um, it's always a joy for me to know that the information offered here might help you in ways large and small, now and in the future. This is Beth Bilo of The Introvert Entrepreneur. It's been a pleasure sharing this time with you. Until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job.